Hey guys, welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. For all your little Star Wars needs, we're stuck here up doing Project Necromancer. So, this episode, uh, obviously it's me and everybody as you can hear it together. This episode is probably going to be the weirdest episode you're going to listen to out of the two of us, because for once, it's not me, <laughs> the passionate one, actually. Everybody's going through the turmoil of watching the episode just like before we started filming. And he's also still reeling from succession. Please do go into the feed to listen to him react to succession with Bangkok. They actually name dropped me. That was not necessary, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're actually for what? I'm not going to go in order of what happened in the episode. We're going to go a scattergun approach because. I feel like people ain't going to want us to recite from start to finish what happened in the episode. I'm going to go straight to the ending of the episode because I think everybody wants to talk about it. Yeah, I think he does. Um, everybody, what? First, um, obviously, let's say hi. How are you doing? How are you feeling at the moment? Not, not great. Not great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, th- what? <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. First of all, I'm gonna let you. T- I'm gonna let you take the floor. Let you take the floor. I'm gonna step. I'm gonna sit back. <sighs> um. Okay. So this episode was directed by Rick Famuyiwa. I told you, Nigerian talent coming here to mess me up once again. And uh, written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. You know, just like the Succession episode which was written by the creator of the show, Jesse Armstrong, and directed by probably the most pivotal director of the show, the greatest director, the most prominent one, Mark Mylod. This is just like that. Filoni and Favreau have come together to concoct a series of just bombshells, literally and figuratively, and they brought Rick to direct, which is just like... You know, I, I don't know what, what, at this rate, like, I'm scared to watch Ted Lasso. Like, all these shows, <laughs> all these shows are preparing some serious, serious traumatic events for me. And I didn't ask for this. I'm, or, I'm, I'm quite busy, people. I, I, I have, I have a lot going on. Okay. Th- this is, this is supposed to be respite. This, this is supposed to be a safe space. <laughs> and now I've, I've, I've come here to, like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what's going okay, okay, fine. Let's talk about the end. Why do we need Praetorian Guard? And if before we get there, who sent Paz Vizsla to be a hero? Don't be a hero. This is the this is the rule number one of media. Don't be a hero. Why did you have to be a hero? You could have left. He could have made it out. Why are we here? discussing yet another situation of somebody not being able to make it out when they could have made it out. You didn't need to die. But not him actually defeating all those people and then being taken down by Praetorian Guard. 
I thought it was just some kind of, I don't know, hypothetical when Gideon was talking about it earlier in the episode. There was actual Praetorian Guard. They've been turning this place into an outpost this whole time. There are pirates. There are survivors. What is that ship? And what's with the creatures? There's so many creatures. I keep talking about the creatures in this show. Messing people up. Why are there creatures? I don't... And the episode is titled The Spies. So did somebody do this? Was it the survivor pirate people? What would Logan Roy do in this situation? I don't know what's going on. I don't know anything anymore. Oh, God. Do you know what? I'll put a preface this. Everyone I know would text it as he was watching the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And his reactions were trying... I was trying so hard not to spoil the ending for him because I know the ending was going to ruin his life. (sighs) And I kept telling him, mate, mate, the ending. And then I didn't get a text back. Uh, to record. Oh, but for my thoughts and videos on that, oh, that I did. I was wrecked, but I think he went out in the way he intended to go. If that's a way to go out, it's a way to go out. I had a feeling he um, died throughout the season with all his antics, making sure the children are safe, making sure he's in front with his freaking Gatling gun. But still, man, like, like, it's like, this is the way. Sorry for bringing up the hair. I'm sorry for bringing up the HBO show for Succession, but it's like I always knew Logan Wright was going to die. <laughs> what I didn't know was how spoilers it was for Succession, going- everybody. <laughs> oh well, it's been three days now, man, and it's an, he had an obituary. It's okay, the LA they Times. know. It is what they it's, know. We can't do anything. Yeah, props but, to um, the early times for that, by the way. That was amazing. That was fantastic. But it's sort of that thing where you—I I always knew he was going to die. Always felt it was good out in season four. I just didn't know where it was, when it was going to happen. So at the end or the beginning, because obviously it's called Succession. So I wanted to see that song pop, 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 between the siblings. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted my boy Kenny Ken um, to be on top in the most least traumatic way possible. Um, with Connor, you know, having some form of power as well. But the way it happened shocked me. That's how I felt watching this because I kept thinking this this guy's gonna die, man. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You can't survive something like this for too long. There's too much of an emphasis on who he is as a man, and you, you know what I mean. And then to actually um, see it was something. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, hey, like, all right, like this is very interesting. We're actually now witnessing. Um, him like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was quite interesting to watch. I think. Um, I I think he went out the way he intended to go out. I think that's a good way to. If you're gonna go, go down like that. Um, I think it'd really annoy me if he died in any other way. But at the same time, I didn't want him to go for a selfish reason. And it was Bo saying, like, come on, like, we can go. And he said, there's too many of them. And I knew he was doing the right thing. But I'm like, damn it. Like, could you not be the hero for five minutes? Could you have some decorum and wait (sighs) and hide? Like, it was giving Jon Snow at the Battle of 
drives out the battle of the bastards. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, it's admirable what you're doing. I admire well, it. it. Like I had no cool sense shot. of self-preservation. Look, these guys have no... I hate a hero complex, you know. But these are some of my favourite characters. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's a double-edged sword. But I, but I actually, we need to get into this actually because it ties in perfectly with this. Moth Gideon, I told you. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, you knew told it. me. I knew it. You did I tell me. Saying, you told everybody. When I saw his face, when I saw Giancarlo, I said... And I kept that man looks too good for 64 years old. I know, right? But then every time I see him, I think of his death in... Um, oh, let me not say the show. But the yes, show. Yes, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the show. He's in many shows, so you don't even know what show I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, when I saw him, I was like... I literally yelled Eureka. Oh my god. So I kept thinking to myself, I knew it. So I kept thinking to myself, the way they're setting everything up, he has to be running in the background behind this. He had to be. Then when I was my entire spiel for podcast, I think it's the third pod ep, ep we did, or the fourth one, where I went into like mm-hmm. a five minute spiel about how I think it's Moff Gideon. I, I know he's him. I know it's that guy. Yeah. I know it's him when we were in Coruscant. And I kept thinking, myself, nah, there's no damn way they're going to do all this without someone in the background running the scene, like that, like, pulling the strings. Then when it was him, I was like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And then to see, what was your opinion when you saw the, um, what would you call them, test tube things again that appeared in season two, but it appeared here again and it looked like a human like body. I couldn't really tell too much what was in there and the whole spill about um, the Empire and what basically their whole plan, basically. What did you yeah, think of everything? Well, I thought, why do I have to deal with this council of liars? They think, they, 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 they think they're in control. They pretend to like each other. They hate each other. I mean, it was just one thing after another in those first few minutes. First, those things, I don't know what that man is always trying to do. He says cloning is not his forte. He's a liar. Everybody's a liar. I don't believe any single one of them. This is, is just too much to deal with at this point because this experimentation could be anything. It's almost like they're trying to ensure that there's an explanation for all this stuff, not for, you know, somehow Palpatine returned and, you know, Snoke and and all those things. I mean, speaking of Snoke, the fact, again, Praetorian Guard, completely unnecessary like this is like sending bazookas to kill flies it, it's just why, like why i thought we got rid of those niggas in in um what do you call it Rian johnson's little thing like why why are we here yeah but that that's the thing the last jedi hasn't happened um not last is it the last jedi yeah, yeah, the, yeah. last jedi hasn't happened i mean yet. yeah it hasn't it hasn't happened yet but still it, it hasn't happened yet like, like so so essentially we haven't gotten rid of them yet their purpose is to guard Snoke, but the fact that they're here with these weapons and, you know, Beskar being... It's, it's, it's <sighs> yeah, you were right about Gideon and funny enough, I was right as well about the whole, you know, minority exploitation thing with the Mandalorians and them oh, being yeah. the potential Israelites of, the, of this world. It's like they've yeah, come to take right. the planet. There's an outpost here that's been set to destroy them and anything that's left of them. And on top of all that, they're using those resources to fight them now. 
Why is there dark trooper armor with Beskar? For God's sake. Actually, I was going to ask you a question about the art. This is something that came up a lot on Star Wars Twitter, Star Wars Reddit, and, you know, everyone was talking about it. Do you think the armorer is in cahoots with Gideon because of the helmet? The helmet? Like, the helmet's being used. Did you see the theory about the spiked helmets being used? That a lot of people think mm. the armorer is working in cahoots with um, Gideon. Says the armorer was the one who was like, let's bring all the Mandalorians here. And then they have special Mandalorian style helmets. That would be interesting. It may be interesting. I mean, like, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it too much, and I saw someone bring it. Oh, I thought, oh, I didn't think about that. And it wouldn't, and it would make huh. sense a little bit because she that armor was moving. I even said my spirit didn't take to her. Do you remember? I told you, Agent, my spirit didn't take to them. There was yeah. something stinky, stinky, stinky about them. Maybe it's confirmation bias. That's <laughs> what I thought. Yeah, the idea of Imperials, you know, wearing Beskar armor is kind of crazy. Yeah, Who's making it for watching, them? <laughs> yeah, because that when I saw that, when someone said that, I thought that's true. I didn't think about that too much. Who made that for you? She hadn't. Th- I was actually because t- you know what? Because so many things happened in this episode, I genuinely was not thinking about. Um, that and then someone said that and I'm like, oh gosh, I didn't. I did. That's not even been in a thought in my head about it. Actually, now it's a pressing thing in my mind. Like I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, it's very, very interesting. I think. I think the Project Necromancer, the Empire stuff, everything they did in that whole sequence when they were talking in with with the weird test tubes around them, it was freaking me out a little bit. Yeah, and and obviously we now know Thrawn being the big bads um literally him being mentioned like is he so he was supposed to see him more as a big bad than gideon yeah i think because ahsoka is looking for him too like i think i know they're trying to tie all these shows together right every time we see ahsoka she's asking about that and now her own show has been announced he's a big bad i think gideon think of it like you know in affinity war like yeah. so you know in how in um the first Avengers film Loki was the big bad but he wasn't the big big bad right if that makes any sense he was in service of someone else I think Gideon's obviously a, a villain and he's the, one of the main antagonists in the Mandalorian but I think he is going to be serving someone I think possibly Thrawn who's higher than him um. I, th- I think that's what's going on here. Obviously, he's going to be in a position of power, but he's not going to be in the position of power, if that makes any sense. Because when I mentioned his name, yeah. my back went up. I thought Thrawn. Same. I was like, really? This is happening now? And then they mentioned Hux. 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 General Hux. Why ain't heard that name? Like, how are these people here? I thought, what they're doing? Because I, I genuinely... That whole conversation was the most enlightening thing, because that one... Set sequences of scenes, or that one this, scene. You mean the Council of Liars? The Council yeah. of Liars, basically. They set up the entire the future of the Star Wars universe in that one scene, which was genius from John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Even the fact scene. that they they had these the attacks, right, that we've been seeing yeah. throughout. It's like, oh, they're scattered attacks from like warlords, blah blah blah. It's them. They're trying to make sure they just look haphazard. 
it's so it's crazy. So, like, why? It's, <sighs> why it's do like, they hate the Mandalorian so much? This is my thing because obviously, for my church goers, for my people who love the Prince of Egypt, the film, like this is gonna be that's Moses, a great man. movie. It's a very good movie, but it's given Moses man too. like exactly like Moses. You know, Moses when you actually deep, yeah. Sorry to go biblical. Moses ain't actually didn't do a thing wrong, and he was getting shaved <laughs> left, right, center. That's all. So I'm watching these Mandalorians, right? And I'm like, you ain't done nothing. <laughs> You've been like chilling, living a life, being mm-hmm. good, doing what you want, and uh, all this is happening around you. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, why do you hate? I'm looking at Gideon and stuff. Like, why do you hate these guys so much? What did they do to you? You've actually done nothing but minded their business. Because I was literally watching this, and I'm like, the lengths they're going to, these secret attacks, the way they've done the attacks to make them think, to question, you know, obviously they're not going to think, all, all along, they're not going to think, oh, it's Gideon. You know, they're thinking it's all these different people, and to 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 see how much they're all in cahoots behind the scenes going, yeah, it's all been me. It's all sort of like, you know, we watched Agatha all along, and you're watching her, like, set up everything that happened in one division. That's basically yeah. what that scene felt like. Because I was like, damn, that like you guys were... I knew, I had a feeling it was Gideon, but to actually witness it being Gideon and his little, you know, crew of liars, I was so angry. I was so angry. I was like, oh my gosh. Like when Bo and Din find this stuff, <laughs> they're gonna, it's when Bo said that, oh, I should have killed you. I'm like, sister, yeah, you should have. She really should have. I mean, it's crazy to think that so many things would have been prevented if Bo-Katan had killed Moff Gideon. That's that's, that's interesting. It's actually interesting. It's when he said Jedi, my back went and he looked at Grogu, don't you look at my sweet, sweet childs in his little little contraption. Like, uh, guys, if I wish you could see everybody's face because he, the depression is seeping from him like you know you remind me of the avengers when they lost in infinity war you know that that pressure that five-year depression uh, i'm just i'm processing man this has been an, this has been a crazy week like funny enough you know and we said this in the succession review um because of what was going to happen they didn't give anyone screeners yeah but Colin was today, telling me yeah, today I woke up and saw, hey, here's your screeners for episode four. I was like, please, <laughs> please. Now I'm scared to open. I, I, I don't know what's in there. I have no idea what's in there. I don't know what's going on anymore. Like I said, I'm even scared to watch Ted Lasso. I think I'm just going to go watch Love is Blind or something. I'm I, 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 I'm low-key distraught because, first of all... You were like, leave this, me alone. <laughs> this lady on Coruscant that's been sending information this whole time you know she's she's such a problem maybe maybe she's the one we should get rid of and the idea that there were night owls on this planet like on on mandalore this whole time and the empire was actually creating an outpost here this whole time and they didn't know is crazy you know, and there's no way for them to really escape because they lost their ship and they lost their ship yeah. due to the giant creatures, right? Mm-hmm. 
even now everybody's uniting behind Bogotan, which is cool. Though to be fair, when Dinjarin was like, "This is why I serve you, Bogotan," I shouted out, "You don't serve her! Stop it!" Stop it! Stop! Yo! Stop it! She's not your business. Stop that! I don't. I don't want to hear that. (laughs) You don't serve her. You see why we? You see why? You see why we go to give a rule back? Because as soon as I heard that, yeah, I said I'm getting. I'm getting trauma. The the the, my queen flashbacks are hitting me. I said, did if you open your mouth one more time? That's true. No, no. You're my queen. You're my queen. No, I'm sorry. We always do a game of first conversation. Let's read it back. Aegor Targaryen did not sit on the oh. iPhone. I don't care who I'm spoiling this for. Aegor Targaryen did not sit on the Iron Throne. The son of Freymar and Lyanna Stark did not sit on the Iron Throne, nor did he win the Game of Thrones and made it a democracy. Does that... Oh, my head is actually going again because I'm remembering brands on that throne. If you start itch. going down this road, you'll never leave. Just no, everything was too intense. Say, I serve you now. I want her dead. <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't even think she's the problem here. I feel like no, like I don't know if this is just my badge because she's my problem because she exists. <laughs> oh my god! Because why did she, she made say too that? many mistakes in the past? A lot of her actions led us here. It was it was cool to hear that she did try to save the people of Mandalore. Everybody thought that she was the reason for all the issues before. I I did want to hear that you killed your sister. (laughs) (laughs) I figured you'd still be on that. I guess you could go ahead and tell the people what Dinjara meant when he said that he thought that she was selfish and uncaring. I need her to tell the people. Go to breaking news. She needs to tell everyone that she killed her sister. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm gonna be God. stuck on that till the trumpet sounds. <laughs> I'm gonna be stuck on that. She killed her sister. We need everyone to discuss this. This needs to be a common conversation. Because she's getting stand everywhere. We need to stop this in its tracks. Yeah. You know me, I stand a <sighs> villain. Yeah. I stand bad people, right? Cersei, that was my sister, Daenerys. She had me there, and then she did that Hitler speech at the end, and I was like, yeah, I'm not there, man. That's, I'm not with you there. <laughs> I want my man to come and take you from the throne. Like, I stand like Walter White. I like bad people. I don't mind. I was on Thanos' side in Infinity War. I thought it was funny watching You're him do... you one of those, huh? I didn't agree with his reasoning. I just wanted to see the mess. Mm. <laughs> when he mashed up Hulk in that first five minutes of Infinity War, I was, I was cheering. I was weeping. I stood up and applauded. So I don't mind a bad person. I don't know what about her that makes me itch. So I love an evil woman. <laughs> but I think it's because I love Satine so much. So much. And I know she's doing the right thing. She was leading everyone. She actually saved nearly all the Mandalorians. Like she got everyone out and stuff. But in my head, I'm like, you killed your sister. You're a sister killer. Oh, God. I'm so sorry, everyone, because I know that people stand her bad. But I'm bitter. Because Obi-Wan lost the love of his life because of her actions. <sighs> yeah. this, the, this episode is so damn depressing. I've never heard everybody so deflated. <laughs> yeah, but also, I'm not, it's not, what you're saying is not making me think about timelines because the Mandalorian is happening at a time that Luke Skywalker is an adult mm-hmm. and Return of the Jedi has happened. 
So how old is Bo-Katan right now? That's a good question, actually. She must be. Because Gro- we know Grogu is like fifty years old. So like, why is she? Why did? Why is Bo-Katan look so young? <laughs> She's drinking That's... from the fountain of youth, or it's from her sister's Perhaps. blood. Sorry, I need to Perhaps, stop doing um, sister killer thing. But no, I, I don't mean, know. The the thing is they with the with the Empire doing what they're doing now and trying to make a resurgence, this this gives us an idea plausibly of how, you know, not just the new republic, but like the first order came to be. Yeah. And there's a lot of disgruntled rich people who are trying to make the most gain from this as possible. And I mean, they were spewing those words. I don't. I don't even want to repeat them. Um, yeah, you they know, were saying, the "Long live." Ugh, I, I can't say it. I'm sorry. Long I, live I, the I empire. Oh, yeah. Did you get you and said it? I was like, like literally. I was just like, no. Um, but still, it was fine. I guess noble on some level to see you know all the Bandolarians working together though. I mean, once those once I saw those guys playing chess, I knew there'd be problems. I mean, how can how can you be playing a game and you start saying submit or fight? Come on, it's a game, bro. It's a board game, not even a game. It's a board game. And then Grogu shows up to break it up. How are you gonna get a baby inside a mecha? Like this is turning into a mecha anime at this point. Like, why is he controlling a mecha? IG eleven is not IG twelve, and all you can say is yes or no. I just, I'm there's too much happening here. There's just too much. They yeah, messed up when they gave that baby heavy machinery. But at the very least, I think this is good because at least now he can join things and observe things without having to fully participate. But he only has so much power. And we see that in the fact that, you know, you know, we spent a bunch of time talking about how Paz Vizla is no more. But Dinjarin has been taken into the quote unquote briefing debriefing room. What does that even mean? What Sorry. does that mean? What did it uh, Man. I've got a theory and it's been a topic of conversation a lot among everyone, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So Pedro Pascal, we don't know how long he's going to do the Mandalorian for. Yeah, I really thought he was about to get shot in this episode. I'm not even going to yeah. lie to you. So a lot of his work, I know he does a lot of voiceover work because obviously he's in the costume a lot and he'll do all the physical stuff and get stunt double to do the other stuff. Like, it makes sense. Um, but... The question is, it would like what happens in the next episode will determine of how long we think he stays. Because yeah. by doing the storylines they're doing, it's either that they want it to become more of an ensemble show, so Din and other Mandalorians together, and it becoming sort of like a Clone Wars sort of thing or like Rebels, where you have different characters sharing a spotlight. Mm-hmm. Which will make sense though he's bringing in Dave Filoni, who's always worked to Dave Filoni, but Dave Filoni being a quite, you know, really, really present, especially with this episode, considering all the links it has to the other things that are occurring in Star Wars. That's one thing, right? The other thing in this, like, as this is going on, is that they're setting up for his death. And Pedro Pascal. Did they actually the show. do that at the end of season three? This is my thing. They could very well do it, and then Bro Katan is now the Mandalorian with with Grogu. Do you know what I mean, they. I'm not saying they will do this, but it. Do you know what I mean it depends? I think with Pedro Pascal yeah. doesn't really matter because he can just do voiceover work as he's filming. Because we all know he starts filming The Last of Us 
2. I am not going to spoil that game for you guys. I'm, I'll be very nice. But um, <laughs> if you've not played it, I'm going to shut my mouth. But he'll film it for most of next year. So he could, when we had a year wait for this season, between between the seasons, so he could very well just do the voiceover work whilst in Canada or in London here for a bit because he's not in costume a lot. So it, it, it works out. It basically works out for him anyway. So it's either they set him up to die in that briefing room and he dies in the episode, which would be quite brutal. And it'll be very... I will yeah. wait. Like, I'll preface this. When I watched Succession on Sunday, <laughs> I cried so much. It was so bad. Like, I cried <laughs> when... It was, do you know who got me? It was Roman denial. I was like, oh boy. Yeah, the tears that, that was like intense wet. to see. The tears were yeah. welling up because that was me, literally. I'm not joking. Where were I last year? Literally, I was watching myself. And then it was Kendall talking to Frank. And I was like, that oh, was a lot too. It's when he goes, the pilot's flying the plane. So then, then it went. Yeah, because obviously she, uh, Kendall and Frank have more of a father-son relationship relationship. yeah and he's like i'm he's i've known him for 40 years son he's i've had to walk across from him and he's trying to keep his voice down because obviously it's kendall shiv oh shiv anytime she came on screen her con her and connor i just kept crying seeing willa tell connor that you know whilst you know it didn't start off the right way but she does love him she is happy i was crying right if din dies in this next episode you will see crying like every bit. I promise you, I will FaceTime you, and you will see me crying. <laughs> I'll be here. I actually don't. I actually don't <laughs> think I'll be able to record the episode next Wednesday evening. That's the yeah. Thing. We we can put we can put out a hiatus notice. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this guy can't die. Do you know how much? Because a it's Din, and I love him. Like he feels like one of my own, right? Mm-hmm. B, it's Pedro Pascal, man. Like, there's something like hearing his voice that makes you feel at home. It makes you feel safe. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> so I don't know what they could be setting up for. it. They could very well be, because obviously Grogu, I don't know what you thought about it. A lot of people have been discussing this. Is that they feel like Grogu's sort of been nerfed. His powers have been nerfed a little bit. We've not seen the full fruition of his powers. Yeah, um, so I, think, it could I mean, he, be, he has been holding back, he's not been just holding because back. he's inexperienced, but because he's Was, still a bit traumatized, of he's course. He's still a bit traumatized. So it could be a callback to the first episode when we saw what happened with all the 66. Oh, Palpatine's an evil nigga, man. But in all the 66. And then we see him fully unleashed, which the act, that would be really nice if we saw him fully unleashed trying to save his dad because we did see it a little bit in book of boba fett he did do it yeah but it'd be very very fascinating to watch him because he learned something from luke he was with luke longer than luke was with yoda and yoda was and luke was doing all sorts of nonsense most um, mm-hmm. he's one he's a couple he's a couple hours of yoda so grogu he's been with ahsoka and luke for a while like he was with them for what two years they said so he knows mm-hmm. a lot and he's trauma he's traumatized. So maybe they'll do a thing, sort of like the Ted Lasso thing, where you push through the trauma. And this will be his biggest test because he's never faced anyone as big as this. 
like that would be quite yeah. nice if he has his like Luke Skywalker, no, like you know Darth Vader in the corridor moment in Rogue One or Luke Skywalker in what do you call it in Mando and stuff like it'd be nice if he has that moment which I think is where they're leading to I hope they don't kill Din because I don't mind if the Mandalorian then becomes somewhat like Rebels or Bad Batch or or like Clone Wars and stuff where it's just a, an ensemble cast. I, I wouldn't mind that. I think it'd be quite nice. Just don't make it romantic. I want Dave Filoni to reel that back in. He, he hasn't made it so. So the fact it's not been so yet and it's episode eight? This, eight? You mean like this one or the next one? This, this one, one is seven. Episode eight. Seven. So next week's eight. Next one's the last one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, because we're in the penultimate episode. We're in the end game. I've not seen Kissy Kissy. I've not seen Romance. And I've not seen a hug. So I think he's real. You want it to in. stay that way. It better stay that way. Definitely, if you're not listening to this, but I know you're listening to this. That <laughs> little voice in your head that tells you you want to do that, don't listen to that voice, please. Please don't listen to that voice. <laughs> This is not, this is not that, this is, this is not a hero. Like, this is not that thing. Yeah. This is not Rebels. This is not Satine and Obi-Wan. Like, we don't need that. Right. They just work colleagues. Right. They're work wife and work husband. Let it stay that way. Yeah. If you make it romantic, me and you're going to fight in a room. <laughs> it? Well, I, I actually don't want it to be. Whatever happens, it'll be intense. Um, they definitely tricked me a little bit in this episode. I really, I should have known, honestly. This is, it's the same playbook. They give you a feeling of triumph before they come bring you crashing down. It's like, oh, you know, Mandalorians to the forge. And then the actual theme song starts playing in the middle of the episode. Like the main Did theme. you hear that as well? And, that's, and yeah, and that's something that only really happens when something really kind of game changing is about to happen when they're at least an anime when you start hearing the the main theme in the middle of the episode it means like something crazy is happening or the season is ending or they're trying to really book end things in in a memorable way and that started going and i was there you know going all logan roy we're pirates uh, I was <laughs> really enjoying that way too much looking at that strange little ship from the, that the night owls had to build because they took away all their technology like it was crazy well done to Ludwig Garnson again but man I, I i just didn't see all that coming like there was so much confusion like it was really a trap it was really an ambush like they collected these people i i don't i don't i don't know where to go i i it's interesting that uh that yet another season is going to end with moth gideon ostensibly winning or at least you know stressing people out but I guess we we have no choice but to but to figure it out as as we go. Um, this has been an interesting season. There are a lot of people I've been hearing that have been saying this season has actually not been good. Um, partly because it supposedly requires people to know a little bit too much about other Star Wars properties like the Clone Wars um, to really understand and immerse themselves. Whereas previous iterations of the Mandalorian didn't really require you to know anything uh, on some level those people are right there is a little bit more world building here i mean you and i have talked about that quite a bit but i don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing or if it's done in a way that's too confusing but i guess time will tell i think to be honest i get why it'd be confusing because it's like the first two seasons of the show you generally could watch it like 
my mom could watch it and she would like it. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like Lord of the Rings. Like you can watch the first Lord of the Rings film and watch it for yeah. what it is and like it and go, oh, I want to watch the next one, even though you don't really know what's going on if you've not read The Hobbit before. Whereas this season, they're really tapping into, they're really relying on people knowing their Star Wars. Like you've watched Rebels, you've watched Bad Batch. Like if someone saw Zeb, me and you knew Zeb, but if you haven't watched Rebels, you don't know Zeb. Even the use words, use of Thrawn, um, obviously like the talk about the Empire, the First Order, the Praetorian Guards. Um, it they're definitely setting you, things up to continue setting in things Ahsoka, up for example. Big time in, for, in Ahsoka. Um, it's not like, you know, with Ahsoka, I would tell people, please watch Clone Wars and then watch it. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things you have to watch Clone Wars to watch that, to, to understand, understand what Ahsoka's is, whole deal is. Deal is. So, yeah, they've well, they've well builded well, but I think what my advice is for people who are listening to this, if you've not watched any of the Clone Wars stuff, please watch that. Watch Rebels, watch Bad Batch, um, because all these things are all interlinking and Dave Filoni. Providing is, context. Yeah, and it provides a lot. When I say a lot of context, well, me and everybody are not lying. It provides a lot of context about everything because there's things that me and everybody are like pointing out and we're, we're clocking on. Like, obviously, we, when we, they were talking about Thrawn and stuff, we obviously our backs went up. Um, the use of Praetorian Guards, where our backs went up, because obviously you remember them from The Last Jedi, so obviously they're setting them up here. So, Defo, please, like, I, I know we've said this every episode, but please do watch it. You don't have to binge. I mean, Clone Wars is very easy to binge. The episodes are very short, and they're quite easy to get into. Um, Rebels is the same. Bad Batch is a little bit different. Um, I'd say that will probably take... It's a bit of a thing, to a chore to get into the first couple of episodes, but once you're in it, you're in it. Um, yeah, but that would be my Filoni general. has done a good job of like making, making sequels to, to his own shows. Like he's really exactly. good at kind of continuing those things, which is kind of why these, I, at least I think it's kind of why these shows feel kind of so cohesive. Um, it feels very yeah. together, kind of like what I've heard about the Star Wars comics. Apparently the Star Wars comics are such a very cohesive system of stories. Um, they so. actually are actually. I went to, you know, the Forbidden Planet. Oh, do you have Forbidden Planet in Canada? The store, Forbidden Planet. Um, maybe. I've not, I haven't yeah, we've got a Forbidden <laughs> Planet um, in London in the UK and it's like they have comics and stuff and they've got the Star Wars stuff. And when you like have mm. a look through all the comics, they are very cohesive and you could pick one up and a couple of from each um, series um, you want to read into and it all links quite well. Um, I will say, though, um, this is obviously tanging off from The Mandalorian, that one series I do want to watch and the comics go into it is Vader and his prime years. I would want that. Yeah. I don't know why we've not had it because Hayden clearly would, would not mind doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would really like that or do like a Clone Wars based show live action. And we see Hayden because I just want to see Hayden and Rosario um Dawson together in a scene I need, yeah. I need I need to see that because obviously I've got my fix I've got my injections with him in over one I've got my got my thing I heard him say like sorry Darth I've got it now I can relax 
like a brief easy knowing that Obi Wan's a podcast. The thing is, though, I feel like Darth Vader has always been very well used in, you know, short spurts. Um, I don't know if having a series that follows him um, on the whole and like centers around him would work too well. I feel like Darth Vader is, is used very well in general for kind of shock and impact, but I don't know. I, I guess it could work. I think it depends on how they handle it. They may, they may, they may need to have like a like a dual protagonist situation. Yeah, but yeah, I would, all, all this makes I me think of all the new things want, that are coming. Yeah, because I would only want Rick to direct it as specific um, things. I want Rick to direct the entire series. I'd want Dave Filoni to write it. Okay. Like I want him to be heavily involved in it. And I want it to be in his prime, prime years, like tap into those comics. Because yeah. I've always, always, always wanted to see that in live action. Always. Like there's another thing I wanted to see in live action, but that lady's a turf, so I don't want it now. But I did want it. Like I wanted my Marauders storyline mm. film. But she's a turf, so we can't have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. Unfortunately, she's ruined Harry Potter for me, my days. But um, it'd be very interesting to see. I think they've set up the future very, very well. And it sets up, the obviously, the trilogy film that came out recently with John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, and um, Andy Serkis and the whole lot. Yeah. So I think, all in all, it was a good episode. I apologise for the jumbled nature of this podcast, guys. This episode, we're usually very cohesive from start to finish, but this episode was a mess. It emotionally got to us. There was two. Yeah, I heard um, we had long lived the empire, and we our brains stopped functioning. Yeah, I I can deal with that, but uh, I guess since we're here and like you know we're talking about the wider aspects of things, um, it is worth mentioning as you know as pointed out to me by my brother. Actually, my brother is a huge Star Wars fan. Today's today where the day that the episode came out that we're recording this is his birthday, actually, and. Um, based on my conversations with him, I think it's probably a good idea for us to talk about Star Wars celebration. And, um, you know, I was, I wanted to ask you if there's anything there that we haven't already mentioned that you are excited for. Because for me, I, I think it's Ahsoka that, That's uh, what that I was I'm kind of say. looking forward to seeing. But I'm I don't know if there's so anything else there because a lot of stuff was mentioned. I'm, I'm not sure what their plan is anymore, <laughs> but. But yeah. The Daisy Ridley film intrigued yeah, me. Intrigued me could be good. She's not who I wanted. Not because I don't. I love Daisy Ridley. She's not who. This is so sad. I'm saying this. So when I was watching the trilogy, I found Kylo Ren more compelling. I found Finn, and I think it's just to do with the writing. To be honest. Um, I thought Daisy Ridley was really compelling in The Last Jedi. I loved her in that. I thought she would have arc in that. Was yeah. she was the oh she and Adam Driver were the only two who got decent scripts in that film. Mm. Um, everyone else and Andy Circus, but it's Andy Circus. Um, but everyone else sort of fell to the way, wayside because of it. I think because of the pure, I, which is weird to say because it's Rian Johnson. But I think he was unable to create as much as a compelling storyline for the other characters. Yeah, the movie was very divisive. I it think was he was trying to lead up to something, to a situation where that could be used. Yeah, that's trying, what I think. The movie was trying yeah. to do quite a lot at, at the time, but then they basically retconned it with, 
you know, Rise of Skywalker. So, yeah, because like I think he tried his best, bless him. So, um, I'm really intrigued because I think it's meant to be set 15 years after the Rise of Skywalker, the Rise of the Skywalker. Okay. Um, so that will be very interesting. Apparently, she comes back and she sees the Jedi completely like traumatized, She's building again. a new Jedi order. Yep. Uh, which is not okay. that surprising. You've just faced two genocides back to back to back to back to back to back. So I'm not surprised the hmm. trauma in the words of Jamie Lee Curtis has still shaken out. So I'm intrigued by that. I'm very intrigued by the Acolyte show that's coming out um, mm-hmm. with Amanda Steinberg and everyone and Lee Jung Jae um, from Squid Game, who's amazing in that, by the way. If you've never watched it, please watch it, especially episode mm-hmm. six, Dear in Me. Um, and that I felt broke my heart at that episode. I'm trying to think what else. There was another one. I think they they sort of hinted at Andor. They talked. They hinted at Andor. I'm trying to remember mm. if they confirmed if they said there was going to be a third season. No, second season. Sorry. But yeah, I'm not sure. They didn't confirm anything, but the fact he was there was making my back up a little bit. I thought, hmm. Mm, but it would be nice if that was a one and done. But yeah, I think mainly the Daisy Ridley Star Wars film that's going to be interesting. I'm gonna. It would be interesting to see who directs it. I hope it's Rick. He handles that stuff really well. Um, either Rick or Deborah Child does it quite well as well. To be fair to her as well, but it'd be quite interesting to see unless they give Bri- Bryce Dallas Howard the keys and mm. go here. You go. This is your huge Star Wars film. Have at it do what you want with it so yeah that's what i'm excited for to be honest yeah well said um there's a whole lot of stuff in there that's um definitely going to reignite the fandom i think um star wars fans for a long time at least from my point of view have just been very divided um they never seem to be able to agree on anything but i think people are definitely excited for what's coming and um yeah we're looking forward to seeing how all that plays out and how the end of the mandalorian next week at least for season three, is going to set things up for the future, especially since they're planning or they seem to be planning some kind of event, whether it's like in one of the shows or in a separate movie where, you know, a bunch of different characters come together, sort of like, you know, Marvel's Defenders or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, that is uh, that's all from us today, folks. Uh, thank you for bearing with us as we spiraled into darkness and um came back into the light i'm kidding we're not in the light we're still very much in darkness but thank you for being here um just quickly we are covering succession still we're covering yellow jackets covering rain dogs too um an episode of that actually was just released and from next week we're going to be covering barry because why wouldn't we lots of stuff down the pipeline and uh, we hope you keep it locked to the feed to stick it out for all your tv needs but for now we're going to sign up and um i guess try not to break down into tiny little pieces goodbye bye guys <laughs>